morning, everybody. This is Victoria, your dog guru, and today we're talking about how to keep Fido comfortable during the holiday hubbub. This particular topic was based on a question we, we received from Aaron Kelsey, and she wanted to know, I'm hosting Thanksgiving at my house for the first time this year, and my dog isn't used to having a lot of people here. What can I or should I do to make sure that he's okay? Okay, so I actually have a few suggestions, well, more than a few suggestions on what you guys can do when it comes to having your dog around guests over the holidays, something they might not be super used to. The suggestions that I'm going to list off aren't just for dogs that are antisocial or aren't used to being around a lot of people. You can kind of pick and choose what of these techniques may benefit you in your individual dynamic and with your individual dog. So all that being said, here we go. My first tip is don't put him on display. Don't make him into a show pony for the benefit of your guests. He's a dog, and just like us, he has a limit to how much he can handle. Even if you have a friendly dog, you know, that doesn't mean that he wants to be on display for everyone else's entertainment. So keep that in mind. Don't let everyone and your uncle pet him, because this can be a huge turnoff to a dog, even if, like I said earlier, he isn't necessarily antisocial. Nobody wants to be badgered throughout their day, and certainly this isn't going to change over a holiday. You know, if your dog wants attention, he'll make that known. You don't have to just pass him around from person to person and let everybody make that decision for him. In the case of your dog being antisocial or perhaps not being family-friendly because of the large group that's going to be there, I say that the best thing you can do for him and his sanity is to put him behind closed doors with a note on the door that says, Fido is resting, please avoid interrupting him, he's getting his beauty sleep, or something like that. It can be cute. So, and and the reason I say that is because a lot of people can't conceptualize that a dog is generally uncomfortable around them. And so they might go in to peek at the new puppy or the older dog, and that could really screw up how comfortable your dog feels for, like, the duration of the visit. So... Avoid that altogether, throw a note up on a door that you have closed, and make sure that he's got a calm and quiet space. If your dog is a reactive barker or just a big barker in general, you can put on a radio or TV to offer a different stimuli for them to focus on. You can, you know, don't make the volume overwhelming, but maybe a little louder than you would listen to at nighttime. And if you have a multi-dog household, be sure not to split the dogs up because usually they have a really close bond and by splitting them up, you can cause a lot of anxiety and for them to be really uncomfortable being separated from what they consider to be essentially their, you know, security blanket, their pack. My next suggestion is more of a safety tip. Um, I want a lot of people who listen to the show to keep in mind, not everybody has a dog. And for that reason, if they're going in and out of the doors that offer access outside of the home, they may not be keeping track of your dog, nor know how to deter him from dashing out of the door. I know a lot of people have dogs that will just power through you if they see an open door. And a lot of owners get so used to it and they take it for granted and forget that, you know, If someone doesn't have a dog that does that, they're not going to be worried about that happening. They're not going to be looking around to make sure the dog is clear of the area. When it comes to kids, they're not going to be constantly checking to be sure the door is fully closed. And if your dog decides to pull a Shawshank Redemption, you could end up trying to collect him from down the street or even further away. 
So you might put up a couple of baby gates just so that the dog can't really get out of a door, not in the doorway, but, you know, further away from the door. So this way people know and are aware of where the dog is, but he can't get past them and run out. Or if he's not being monitored, he can't push his way through an unsecured door and get free. So now let's talk turkey and how to protect your turkey from being your dog's next meal instead of yours. I highly recommend, since you have an entire, almost an entire week ahead of you to prep for this, that you teach your dog a strong leave it cue, which we've got a video on our website about this and on YouTube, so you can check it out there. But that's a really important skill because if you notice your dog is kind of wandering towards the food, you can say leave it and they'll, they'll go elsewhere. They'll reject whatever they're interested in and go and do something else. Um, to add to that though, you can teach them to stay out of the kitchen altogether. You know, by you can point outside of the kitchen and get them to back up and out of your space. And then every time they try wandering back in, you can say over here and indicate to a place that they can be that's outside of the kitchen and start setting up a dynamic where not only are they keying into the fact that you're pointing out of the area they're in, which tells them to move elsewhere, but once they are out of there, you know, you might offer them a Kong toy or a bo bone, something that's able to serve two purposes, one being a distraction and the other being a reward for staying out of that space. If you tend to give your dog people food from time to time, you may notice that they're like helicoptering around your guests, hoping that somebody's gonna give them a handout. And sometimes people do, and that's not a good thing because aside from it being a demanding protocol that your dog has, people don't always screen their food and filter it to be dog safe. So if someone hands them a turkey leg, the dog's gonna take it away and make quick work of it. But the problem is, is that those bones are gonna splinter, they're gonna crack, your dog's going to ingest it. And within 12 hours or so, you could end up having to take your dog to an emergency vet. And when they're typically closed and on holiday hours, I don't even wanna tell you how expensive that can be to remove an impaction or, um, repair a hole or puncture that's been created within the intestinal tract. So avoid that altogether and maybe even tell your guests as they're coming in, don't give anything to the dog. He's going to look like he's starving, but he's fine. If you are going to give your dog some turkey, be sure to put it in their own bowl away from everybody else because then you're avoiding things like a child or an older relative, you know, either adding to it with stuff that you haven't approved or grabbing at the food bowl kind of like as a joke or to play or tease with them. Because even if your dog isn't a resource garter, <laughs> this is going to cause a lot of anxiety on your dog. And it's an avoidable situation. So if you are going to feed them something, and I would kind of limit it to turkey, <laughs> if you're going to give them something like that, make sure it's in their bowl away from everybody else so that they won't be disturbed while they're eating. If you have an aggressive dog, then you wanna make sure they're completely clear of anywhere that a person is going to walk through or by at all times. You don't want them being activated by the sight of someone else or the feeling that their space is being inflicted on or invaded. So avoid that altogether. Make sure they're completely clear of anywhere that a person would be. And then you might wanna do things like periodically checking in on your dog to let them know that you're not putting them in exile, but you need to make sure that they have no real access to things that would trigger them emotionally. Because then you could, if, especially if you're focusing on aggression and you've been trying to change it and turn it around, 
one day can undo a lot of progress. It's better to have a dog that's being managed and has you to check in with them rather than obsessively trying to stop the behavior or redirect the behavior like you would in a in a normal training session. Um, I actually had a client that did something similar to this. Their dog was really, really aggressive and the holidays were coming up and they thought, okay, well, this will be a great opportunity to test out all of our new skills. Well, in really short order, it blew up in their face because the dog got overwhelmed. He was overworked and all the progress that we had made in the past, oh, five weeks of working together was completely... I wouldn't say erased, but it definitely was as if we had completely stopped all the progress we were making and we had gone back three steps. So I don't recommend, just like I wouldn't recommend someone doing a bunch of tricks with their dog for their relatives to see and enjoy, I don't recommend that you use a new skill set that a dog is still adjusting to and still building from against them. You know, you can always, a year from now, have them in a headspace that's very different from where they are now. But if you push it and if you drag them into a situation that they aren't emotionally adequately prepared for, you're adding fuel to the fire and you're really asking for something that not only can your dog not give you, but is more likely to erupt like a volcano than it is to go well. You know, creating a little bit of management and a little prevention can really head off a bad thing from happening, which is why Though it's not going to be the norm for your dog to be off in his own space, I always recommend that because at least you're not doing more damage that way versus, you know, subjecting him to something that he may be ill prepared for or might trigger him emotionally or even just cause him to get so overwhelmed that he's cowering somewhere and everybody's trying to get him out from wherever he's hiding. Not a good idea, by the way. I mean, just be smart about it. I mean, if you had some sort of social anxiety, you wouldn't go to a theme park and sit in the middle of a line and watch everybody pass by you and freak you out. You would avoid it. So for a dog that has social anxiety or perhaps just doesn't have the skill set that some other dogs may have already developed socially with strangers or large groups, give them their own private space, something calm, something quiet. If you feel like they're going to feel disconnected from you and they're usually like your shadow, you can take a shirt that smells like you and put it in their dog bed area just to keep them a little bit more comfortable. And in the specific case of puppies, puppies are really impressionable. You've heard me mention a few times before in earlier broadcasts how they go through imprint periods. And they do. And unlike other stages throughout their lifetime, these are really impressionable stages that they're going to experience. During imprint periods, they decide what they're going to be afraid of, what they're going to be brazen around, what they're going to be reactive towards. And the first imprint period happens between birth and about eight to nine weeks. And the second one is nine to 15 weeks, as, as late as 16 weeks, depending on the breed and the individual. But generally, those are your windows. And if they have a negative experience or something that emotionally triggers them, that particular experience will stick in there. It'll become ingrained in there. And while you can always train a dog to do something new, rehabilitating behavior isn't something you're necessarily going to have to do if on the front end they don't get exposure to something that's negative in the first place. You know, if you have a whole history of two imprint periods 
full of good experiences and good enrichment and a good rapport, you won't be fixing it later on because the good information's already been absorbed. Contrastly, if you expose them to something that is negative or triggers them to be nervous or fearful, you could be fighting that for years trying to reverse the history that they've emotionally taken in and is now imprinted on their memory. So in my opinion, when it comes to holidays and puppies, I really don't feel like they should be in the same area. Your dog hasn't learned enough from you and hasn't built enough confidence up for that to be a really safe dynamic. And while I know every relative and friend of the family is going to want to expose themselves to your new dog and play with them and mess with them, the dog could really feel like their space has been inflicted on and it's completely foreign to them compared to their normal dynamic with you. So it could really cause a lot of anxiety that what wouldn't have otherwise been a factor in their development, nor would it have affected them so negatively and in a way a lot more permanently. I have one other reason for making that suggestion, and it's not just based on anxiety or perhaps the dog feeling triggered or having a bad memory. It's also because unbeknownst to most owners, they can make your puppy sick. And the way that happens is through petting the dog, feeding the dog from their hand. They don't know if their dog, who may not be fully vaccinated at home, is completely free of illness. For that matter, if they go to the pet store within the past couple of days, the incubation period can be quite a bit longer than you would expect. So they could go pay at a a pet store for some dog food and, you know, they're handing the cashier something and, you know, they're walking out, but they have just picked up an illness that their dog could be asymptomatic for, but to a puppy that has no immune system or it has a very fragile immune system, not only are they more likely to contract the illness, but by the time you realize that the dog is actually ill, it could be too late. You know, there's a very delicate balance when dogs are puppies and they're developing You'll notice that a lot of breeders don't let people come to their homes and view the puppies at a really young age. And part of that is because of the dogs being so impressionable. The other part of that is to keep them safe and the entire litter healthy. Some illnesses are airborne, others can be transferred through touch or the dog licking at the person's hand, things like that. So there's a lot of different ways that you can invite a sickness into your home without even realizing it. And my last tip is for if you're traveling with your dog somewhere they aren't used to being for the holidays. If you're taking your dog to a new place, perhaps you bring a crate that they're used to sleeping in with them or their favorite dog bed, some of their favorite toys with you. Make sure they're up to date on their vaccinations so this way they're not at risk for either on the plane or in transit getting ill. Keeping a familiar routine is usually the best way that a dog will remain comfortable. Otherwise, you could see them kind of in internally bind up and that can result in diarrhea or vomiting, something you wouldn't have typically seen, but because the dog's whole routine's been altered, the people they're exposed to are different, uh, the environment's different and they don't really know what to make of it, they can inwardly start feeling uncomfortable, even if they're not all out sick. Another thing about that is you're going to be quite a bit away from your typical vet. And if you ever had to hospitalize your dog, you won't know the protocol this new vet has. You won't know their pricing system. You won't know how long 
the dog will end up being in their care. And all of this can not only alter your return travel plans, but it can greatly affect you financially. So something to be thoughtful of. In the meantime, make sure you've got familiar food and that you don't buy it from another state. Bring it with you. Just because you have the same brand doesn't mean it's being shipped from the same place. And so that can cause a risk right there. Bringing their favorite dog bed and favorite toys just helps them ease the transition. And then having things where they can focus that has nothing to do with their new environment, like a Kong toy filled with peanut butter or a bone filled with peanut butter. You can even freeze them. So this way, when you give it to the dog, it's a lot more time consuming than it would have been if it's just loose in there. And if your dog is actively going through some training, then be sure you have lots of training treats to bring with you so you can continue shaping the behaviors that you're working on. And you can also get them familiar and comfortable with things that ordinarily perhaps they wouldn't have been exposed to by offering lots of treats when those stimuli are present. If you have any canine specific questions with regards to the holidays or really anything dog related, please send them to dogguruhereforyou at gmail.com. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash dog guru podcast. And last but not least, which I always say is if you like our show, please share it. Please rate it on iTunes. You can do that. I always include steps on how to do that within the show notes. And then just as a quick note, um, we did a guest recording for the show Varmints, which is also a podcast that you can check out, which I'll include when that airs the link to that. So everybody can check that out. Great show. Uh, the topic was about dogs and wolves and how they're different. So if you've already heard our previous broadcast about this, it's a great opportunity to learn just a little bit more and hear from Paul and Donna, who may have had some of the same questions that you did and perhaps weren't addressed in our previous broadcast. I hope everybody has happy and safe holidays with their dogs and it's all smooth sailing from here on out. You know, the holidays are a great time of year that all of us look forward to all year long, or most of us as long as we still get along with our families. <laughs> so this is Victoria, your dog guru, wishing you the healthiest and happiest of holidays. And just in case you wanted to know, our next episode is going to be another coffee and canine. So if you have any questions that perhaps you've been on the fence about submitting to us, please do so. I'd love to include them in the show and address your questions and your concerns or give you advice on things that you might be dealing with at home. So just don't worry. It's not too late. If you send them in to me, it's pretty likely I'll include them in the show. We've actually had people write into the show as I'm recording. So it isn't too late yet. And if you have specific questions, I would love to make sure that they are addressed and that we're always reaching out to the listeners who care about us, who want to hear more from us and have a dog at home that maybe they have a concern about. As always, this is Victoria, your dog guru. Namaste. Namaste.